This is a Dubai Eye 103.8 podcast. Boxing has been front and centre in the media this past week for good reason. Tyson Fury, Deontay Wilder, a fight for the ages. I think I can safely say that. And I'm delighted to say we've actually got a boxer in our midst. A man that boasts a 13-0 and professional record. 13 wins, 13 uh, fights fought. 13 wins, as I say, 4 by way of knockout. This fella hails from Birmingham, 30 years of age. He's taller than me as well. I think he stands at 6 foot 6. It is Shakan Pitters, a man who we've had on the show before. And Shakan, I will say a very good evening to you first and foremost. Good evening to yourself as Great well. Great to have you that. coming down here this evening. Now you've got a big title fight of your own upcoming in a little over a month's time. You're fighting for the British light heavyweight title and there's been a lot of back and forth on this one because you had an opponent but now he's running scared. What's going on? Yeah, um, I had an original opponent um, dated. was penciled in to generally face in December. Um, was faced it was uh, supposed to face in December, but um, things happened with their side. I don't know if it was with their negotiations. We had, you know, we signed everything. Was ready to get the ball rolling, and last minute, basically, they pulled out of that, and literally then, like, put themselves back in when another fighter got injured on that show. It was on the um, Eddie Hearn show. Um, so obviously we're managing himself as mandatory Craig Richard. So yeah. all we wanted basically was a you know fair shake. Like we're giving him a fair one now as well. We was giving him a fair one side before he pulled out again. Um, literally just to be on the even playing field, to have the correct time for our camp, no messing around. That's it. You know what I mean? We fight the best man wins. It's that simple. So initial negotiations, he ran scared. He's then come mm-hmm. to the party. And then, what, four weeks out, he said, nope. We had another day. So a promoter, uh, um, Mick Hennessy, won the purse bids um, for this next up-and-coming fight, March 28th. Um, me and himself, again, was penciled in for those dates. So there was no messing around at all. My side, um, Hennessy's side and everything, you know. Done and dusted. We've done and dusted. We're ready to get the, uh, the fight on. Uh, like, literally, while I've been out here, uh, I think it was on the Tuesday or something, like, where I found out through my manager that he's pulled out again due to having a cold slash viral infection now. Which, four weeks out, it's silly. You know, a lot of people have a lot more serious injuries than that um, in a camp. Things things go wrong in a camp. You know, you, you, it's hard to get through a camp very smooth. You have little of niggles, course. little injuries, so things happen. But to pull out for a big British title fight, um, you know, live on Channel 5, you're headlining. It's a massive opportunity. And you're pulling out for a cold. It's silly. What does that do? How does that change your kind of outlook on things? And we should point out, you're absolutely right, Craig Richards has pulled out, Chad Sugden has come in, yeah. he's a man that you're going to be fighting on March 28th. Does that alter your preparation any way, shape or form? It doesn't because my goal and mission remains the same. You know, for me, um, the goal is to get the British title. I never called out an opponent to fight to who I have to fight to get the British title. The goal was always to get just the British title. Um, doesn't matter, doesn't matter who. who it was. Um, that's an, a goal and ambition of myself to get the British title. So um, with it being Chad Sodjan, um, fair play to him, he stepped in. Um, you know, he's a game opponent and things like that. He's a worthy opponent, but um, it's one where, again, you know, I mean, last, year, last time we sat around, you know, we were speaking about the Spelman fight, wasn't we? And, yeah, you know, we Spelman's a tough fighter as well, and that was for the English. And, you know, we won that. And it's another one where we're going to go back and we're going to train hard, which we have been training hard anyway. And we'll win that, and I'll have the British title. Hey, Dad, I wonder if I could ask about your mental preparations. Obviously, you've gone immensely preparing for this one fighter. You've, you've put your, your heart and soul into that, and then things have changed as you've described. What's that, what's that meant mentally for you in terms of your, your preparations? 
I mean, for me, um, being the professional I am, like, it doesn't and it shouldn't sway, like, it doesn't sway me that it's changed, you know. Um, obviously, yeah, like, for the fans, they wanted to see that fight, um, me and Craig uh, Richards, um, they wanted to see that fight. But for me, it doesn't sway me, my mental preparation, because as I said, you know, the goal remains the same. It's to get that British. It doesn't matter who who's opposite me in that ring at the time. Um, my coaches and that, they'll look and think of any game plans they need to, and, you know, look upon the fight themselves and feel what, what we could do to exploit what we need or, you know, what we generally need to do. But I think my boxing generally in itself, with a lot of my fights, will speak for myself. I generally don't normally worry about or what that other opponent got to bring. I know that if I fight to the best of my ability knowing how I can fight then I'll be trouble for any of these light heavyweights in I think the UK. One of the other interesting aspects of all of this Shaq is that you are now joining a, a long list, you've been over here before Dave Caldwell and, and we've got to bring Michelle into the conversation, Michelle King from Real Boxing only. Dubai is now becoming a real hub a real place where if you want to put in the yards and put in the hard graft before a title fight head on out to Dubai the conditions are perfect the facilities are here. I know Michelle's doing an awful lot promotion, uh, promoting boxing from a grassroots level now up to the elite level. This is your second time. It's working for you coming out to Dubai. What is it that Dubai gives you that perhaps Britain, don't say the weather, because at this time of year you're absolutely right, but what is it about Dubai that you fi- feel is absolutely perfect to prepare you for these big bouts? It's honestly, it's not, it's not just the weather. It's where I am, you know, um, as you said, you know, Michelle's doing a fantastic job at real boxing only. And the facilities they've got there is fantastic, you know, so it fits all our needs, what we need to do and what we need to be. So, like, training outside of my own comfort zone in Birmingham, it's um, been, it's challenging, but it's fantastic. When I get back into the ring in Birmingham or any of the hostile arenas, which I have, your call is a very hot arena. Yeah. That was the last one when, when I fought uh, Spalman. It was a very, it's a hot arena. Now we're fighting an ice rink. It might be cold. <laughs> Maybe we should have went to Russia. Yeah. <laughs> but it's all good. I mean, um, at Real Boxing only, honestly, um, Michelle and the teams have been, they've been nothing but welcoming to us and fantastic. And I can't praise them enough for everything, what they do. And everything, what we need for our preparation leading to this. We have a hard week out here. Um, whether I'm running, whether I'm in real boxing only, it's just been fantastic with the facilities. It's always good, I say, because um, my camps now are a lot longer. It's always good to, you know, just break away, break it up, and do something else. To so do the same thing for 12 weeks in, in a camp, 10 weeks in a camp, it can get quite repetitive. Yeah. So to break it up now, um, and, and like I said, to come to real boxing only, Jim. Um, with the fantastic facilities they got it's a no brainer and as you said it's worked last time so it's brilliant Michelle let's bring you into the conversation here because Tom and I and, and Rob's been part of broadcast as well we've often talked and when I say often I've been here 10 years now I've spoken an awful lot about this a big title fight happening in Dubai we've missed it we've probably missed the point a little bit in all of this and that's where you've seen a gap forget the title fights they will come potentially it's about bringing the fighters over to do the hard yards because the likes of Shaq and Dave Caldwell, we talk about him, Honey Pope as well, who's a young boy who, by all accounts, is someone that Dave even said on our show, this kid might just be the, the brightest, most talented young kid that I've had passed through my gym. To have them here calling Dubai home, albeit for four weeks, six weeks, eight weeks in training camps, that can only be a good thing because that truly is putting to the boxing aficionados boxing on the map. 100%, 100%. That's what we want. That's what we focus on. I'm, I'm not in a position where I'm going to look to go and, and focus on title fights. None of that. No, we are what we're, our name is, yeah. real boxing only. And that's exactly 
what we want to bring here is what Dubai should really focus on. I mean, they've got the right weather. They've got the right atmosphere. So, like, Shaq comes out here. It's a break from Birmingham. I mean, even just, like, driving here, he's like, even the buildings are nicer. You know, they're just, like, shiny, you know? Yeah. <laughs> he's like, it's not drab. And um, uh, Jordan said when he went back uh, from, Jordan from Gil, Caldwell yeah. Boxing, when he went back, he said his breathing was so much easier because the air is different here. You know, it's the higher humidity, the... Everything about it is a is a break for them and a challenge, and they go back and they get re-energized and they feel better, and that's what that's what Dubai offers. A testament to you, Michelle. Have you reached out to these guys, or have they reached out to you in all of this? Because there's no doubt I'm seeing more and more the churn now of these guys coming in. Dave Caldwell, I think you had him in recently. I think we missed the uh, boat with him. Yeah, last week. Uh, La- last week. Yeah. Last week we missed the boat yep. with Dave. So forgive me for that because the the door is always open for these guys. We love speaking boxing with guys who are at the coal face, if you will, Shacks and the Dave Caldwells of this world. Is that them coming to you, Michelle, or have you made it your mission to say, "Hey, guys, I'll come to you and I can offer you a proposition that says if you truly want to put the hard yards in, come here and it will be the benefit of you and your fighters moving forward." Well, I think you would know, Chris, that. I stalk very, very well. Yes, you do. You I'm do. extremely persistent. You are. And, <laughs> yes, which is a compliment. They are not safe for me at all. <laughs> when they have a title fight, when they have a fight coming up, and yes, I go straight to it. I say, when are you coming out? I've got this, I've got this, set a time, and then I just attack it until they say yes. Shut it works every time. Uh, well, it does work. <laughs> Give us a, and again, just sell real boxing only for us a, a, a little bit if you can because Michelle goes out of her way she's already alluded to that fact and yeah. she is a persistent so and so but do you have all the conditions are you in a place where you walk into that gym you can get the blinkers on and you can get the hard work done yeah 100% you get a, you can get the grafting in that gym really good you feel the energies even just to go in there and the classes what they have there um, you know you see kids um, from as young as six upwards, I believe I've seen even probably even younger if I may have got it wrong, but like six upwards. And these are kids where you're looking and they're being inspired, you know, they're going to be the next generation. They're going to come through that gym, uh, you know, and, and to the sport of boxing as well. So you can look at these kids and you, you see that they're being inspired in there. So it's great energy in the whole gym in total, just from the classes and even with the boxers themselves in that gym. The talent you've seen, is it here? We often talk about boxing, the school of hard knocks, etc. It's almost, you equate success in the boxing ring with perhaps a, maybe a, a troubled upbringing, someone that has used boxing to, to further themselves. Maybe not so here, but are you seeing the talent in real boxing there, there is a lot of talent in real boxing only. For what the kids are learning from now, um, with the general foot, mo- foot movement, of course a lot of it is the basics um, at a young age, and I refer to the kids a lot because they're generally the ones who are going to carry the sport yeah. and their nets, um, but from what they're generally just learning, the foot movement, um, you know, the, the foot placement, the kind of punches they're, pun- they're, they're throwing. And I was watching a lot of them today and I'm thinking, whoa, okay, these, <laughs> these, guys, these guys can, you know, come through. And I know that they put on their own little shows as well and things like that. I know that these guys are behind a lot, um, a lot more about the gym. Uh, Shaq, can you, uh, how, how far out are you from the fight? Sorry. I've got four or five weeks now, four, a month from today. A month from today. Can you perhaps share with us what's that, what that next month look, look, looks like in terms of your training, what you're going to be focusing on and how you're going to be preparing for the next four weeks? Yeah, it's going to be a lot of solid training. This is the home stretch now, so it's um, basically a lot of rounds. I mean, on Tuesday when I get back to well, we'll get back on Saturday. Tuesday we've already arranged sparring with Joshua Boatsy. Um, I've sparred him a few times Have already. You? Yeah, he's a great guy outside the ring, great guy in the ring. Um, and I know we're the same way and so on but of course like you know he's on a different path right now and so on but um, we've got 
you know, hard to spine with him on the Tuesday. Um, it's all about getting around him. I'll go back to doing it all, just putting it all in. This is the home stretch. When you say you're on different paths, give us an insight. I've always wondered this because Eddie Hearn, I'm right in saying that the fight at the end of next month, it's his promotion. Nah, it's Mick Hennessy. It's Mick Hennessy. Okay. So when you've got guys on, when you say different paths, yeah. you're an unbeaten fighter. Mm. Okay. You're 13 from 13, yeah. 30 years of age. Now, people sure. might think, oh, 30. That's still young in the fight game. We see guys now, I mean, Vladimir Klitschko was 41, for goodness yeah. sake, when he fought AJ last year or 18 months or so ago. What does the future look like for you? How do you take that next step? For me, when I say different paths, it's a thing where, okay, I've got the British. I'm not overlooking. But when I do win this British, it's a lovely bout. I'd love to probably win that outright, you know, and defend that three times. So you defend it three times, you win it outright. Now, I know Joshua Bratzi won it. He's vacated it. His mission is move, he's moving a lot quicker than me in yeah. a sense where, of course, he's come from a, a you know a bit more boxing pedigree of going to the Olympics, the bronze, and, and, and doing all that, winning the bronze. But for me, I'd want to win that outright. And he's now stepping up a level to go and fight you know European level. He's looking like he's fighting European slash world at the moment. So, of course, realistically for me, I'm more focused on the British scene now at the moment to win this British belt. And when I do, to then defend it outright. I love that belt on my wall, you know, in my house. So it, it'd be one, a good one to win. And when you outright. say win it on March, what then does the rest of the year look like? Would you then have a mandatory challenge you need to fight within a six-month period? How does the British Championship work in that regard? It, it's no, there's no rule on it where you have to. You just have to defend it three times if you want. I mean, I won the English title, as you know, and um, in order for me to then now fight for this British title, I vacated it, and someone else won it now. So I literally won it. I didn't defend it. I vacated it. Um, that's but the what, British is but the, the one British that you want. Uh, a British is one, unless something massively was to come up for me. I mean, I really would like to win that one uh, and keep that one. Not win that one. So I'll, when I win that one, I'd like to keep it outright. So win it outright. There's no doubt, and, and I spoke to you about this when you were last out, British boxing in general is in a very healthy place right now. When you mm. consider that, and I, I still, and I know you're light heavyweight, but let's be frank, the heavyweight division remains the blue ribbon event. Yeah. It is your 100 metres of boxing. Is, uh, the two boys at the top are both British, and AJ and Tyson Fury. From what you see in the gyms around Britain, from York Hall to Coventry to the London Arena, is boxing in Britain, is the talent coming through even more so? Is this a bit of a golden generation for British boxing? 100%. I mean, you look at every division in the British scene right now, it's uh, very competitive in every one. There's not, there's not really a division where it's not competitive, you know, and, I, and we're talking right down from the fire weights upwards. They're, they're very competitive. There's 50-50 fights in a lot of those, and it's not just like two people just dominating in, in the heavy, heavyweight scene in Britain. Um, you've also got good heavyweight yeah. boxers in there, you know what I mean, who, who are up in the mix, light heavyweight, the same, and, and so on going downward. So it's what a do you put it down to? Is it the AJ effect? And I'm not, I don't want to be disrespectful to Tyson Fury or any of the other boxers, but what do you put this little kind of growth spurt, if I can call it that, for British boxing? I think it does help when you see, um, for example, like the Olympics coming up again, and, you know, our boys win it, they're winning good medals and, and, and things like that that obviously is going to inspire a lot of the amateurs because as amateur you, you, you know your aspirations is to go to the Olympics and win a medal and so on so when you're an amateur boxer your focus is you want to get into the Team GB you want to go to the Commonwealth you want to go to the Olympics and obviously and things like that so I know a few boys in the GB setup who are actually going Tokyo now and you know they're, they're they're qualified for that, and these are got just normal people I see around. So it's something where that's a good achievement for them. So the aspirations there is there. 
for us as professionals, it's also eye-opening when you see someone like a Tyson Fury do the, the you know, the unthinkable. It's not that I didn't believe. I, I believed that guy um, was going to do that and he couldn't, he can do it. But he's become a great, like, in a way, ambassador for the sport from his journey, his travel. He's not just inspiring boxers, inspiring people in life in general yeah. from people who are overweight how quick you can lose weight to just then, you know, get yourself in shape to people who are suffering from mountain health, you know, how quick you can just turn things around. And it's inspirational for, he's very inspirational to anyone who has suffered for those things or who is in that kind of position himself. He's a great, you know, he's a great uh, motivational figure. It helps these mad as a hatter as well, though, isn't yeah. it? I think yeah. he, he's brought a whole new audience to boxing. Yeah. To he's, even, he's even tried to go into wrestling, hasn't he? So, <laughs> you know. Well, that's the crazy thing about this. It was remarked upon, I think, by Robbie. His tune-up fight, if we can call it that, was in Saudi Arabia in <laughs> WWE wrestling. I mean, there's... There's not many people that could do that. Are and you thinking of that shot for your <laughs> next four weeks? Try to get into WWE. Uh, we'll see about that. You know, we might do. <laughs> but, I mean, Tom's right. He is, he is someone that has gravitational pull. A lot of people have been drawn to Tyson because of his story. But because of how he presents himself. Now, I've spent many an hour in the last couple of weeks watching his interviews stateside. And he just comes across as just a normal bloke. He really is, you know. I've met, I've come across him. Yeah, but you know what I mean, Tom. Like, there's no yeah. not normal, but not normal, perhaps, in some of his kind of thoughts. But the way that he kind of conducts himself is, that, is authentic, isn't he? Yeah. Authentic's yeah, the word. Yeah, he's authentic. He's That's himself. the words. He's himself. I've come across him many times outside of boxing. And I is mean, he the fact, same? He varies much. Yeah. I mean, last time I seen him, man, I was just there because you know, as boxers, we get yearly medicals every year. And um, I'm just obviously signing my forms and so on. Who pops up through the door? Tyson Fury in some shorts and shoes. I was like, oh, what's he doing here? <laughs> literally short shoes and a big bummer coat. And I was like, what is he doing here? So obviously he's getting his medical. But no, nah, he's very good, man. We had a good conversation. And um, he's, he's very much, as he is, his character, he's very much like that outside the man. And he walked into the clinic. He didn't get carried yeah. in on a throne or anything like that. Nah, no, he didn't get carried in on a throne this time or wearing any outfits or costumes. <laughs> he just literally just came in, got his medical and, and left. And the thing about him, he backs it up. Yeah. Because you look at that, and again, we're, we're, we're getting into the kind of minutiae now of a, from a boxer looking in on that performance. The first fight against Deontay Wilder is from the back foot. It's looking to avoid that big right from Deontay. The second fight, and I think he said that it, it dawned, on, dawned on him on that 12th round when he was knocked down and got up. I know how to beat this guy. His power isn't as bad as I thought. I get a bit bigger, I be the aggressor, and I can win this. And he didn't, he do that. Two totally different styles. I mean, you've got to give a man credit for that, who's able. And that kind of shows his all, all-round boxing IQ. 100%. I mean, if anyone watches uh, Wilder, and Wilder, listen, from Wilder's story is very inspirational as well, the way he's got into it. You know, he, he only literally started boxing, you know, to benefit his daughter's condition and things like that. So, you know, you've got to respect a man. You know, you see a lot of people on social medias, you know, talking right, down about off it. Now, yeah. And it's silly because you, you shouldn't Wonderful. be doing that. But um, if, you, if you look at uh, Wilder, the way he boxes, on the back foot, he's very uncomfortable. And he, or, he also admits that himself. He says, look, I'm not the best of boxers. He hasn't got the boxing, he's just got that power in his right hand, which he's been gifted with. 
But um, on the back foot, he's very troubled. Um, Fury, when Fury was on the front foot, you know, doing the herky-jerky, as they'd say, um, you know, the yeah, fainters the and things, so on, yeah. it was causing him a lot of problems. But when he, Wilder's knockouts, a lot of Wilder's knockouts, he's, okay, a few of them have attacked him, but it's when he's had time to think, when he's been moving forward, when he's on the front foot. On the back foot, it's, it is a lot harder for a lot of boxers. There's not a lot of boxers who can generally be as good as they are going forward on the back. So I think it was a good tactic by Tyson Fury and his team. Um, they knew, as you said, how to beat him like that. And I wasn't surprised that he took it to him, to be honest. Because, you know, people, when, they, when someone does put that pressure on you and, they, and take it to you, it's, it sharpens you. Think. You've got to really think quick on your toes. Now, the obvious question, and it's one that an awful lot of boxing fans are getting excited about, the potential of an all-British AJ versus Tyson Fury. Wembley's been talked about. Saudi Arabia's back on the uh, on the radar for that one as well. Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, which I think would be a wonderful venue. There's going to be basically there's going to be an auction to the highest bidder I who wants that put one. They probably have to put two Wembley stadiums together. For You're that right, that would be a big one. Because with the Euro 2020 upcoming, and I said this earlier this week off air, I said it to Robbie. I mean, I'm a, I'm a proud Scot, so I don't want to see England in the semi-finals of a Euro 2020. Could you imagine a Saturday though, where you've got an England in a Euro 2020 semi-final, and then later that night? You've got an AJ Tyson. It would be the greatest day of sport for English sports fans Definitely. ever. It really would be. Break this one down for me. And I know that we're speculating a little bit and you don't know how AJ would go through camp, etc. But who would you see coming out on top of an AJ Fury? It is a very tough one. I mean, if I'm okay, if I'm judging now, for, I've seen AJ um, with his new coach, he's working on a lot more things. Um, especially, is he? he's working on a lot more things um, to his boxing game. But what are they, Chuck? What, what is that? Like, he's doing a lot um, of things like where he's working the body more in the sense with his points variation. These should be things he should already obviously know at yeah. his level. But he's, he's looking sharper in that aspect. But if I'm going to choose a winner, I'd still choose it with the natural person I believe is the better boxer, and that's Tyson Fury. AJ possesses a lot of power, um, but we've seen, and it's not to knock him, look, he's a great guy, but we've seen when he actually generally comes later through the rounds, he doesn't maintain that. Yeah, I think, and again, Shaq, you know these guys, and, and forgive me if I'm wrong, you are the learned boxing aficionado. I am not. I'm merely an observer. The thing I always think with AJ is it doesn't come natural to him. We saw it in the second fight against Andy Ruiz. I was fortunate enough to be at both fights, New York and in Saudi Arabia. And he had a game plan in the second fight. It was the game plan he should have had in the first fight. Keep Keep Ruiz at arm's length. Bigger jab, bigger reach. Do that all night long, and Ruiz doesn't have a hope in hell, and as it proved. But equally, when Ruiz did get in the inside, you could see the red mist kind of descend, and AJ wanted to go back into the tear-up. You could hear his team reminding him, stick to the game plan. And it was a telling off. Every time the three-minute, the bell went and he sat down, it was just a reset. Remember the game plan, stick. It was like he was having to be continuously reminded and coached whereas with Tyson Fury don't get me wrong he's been he's been given information but you feel that he's got a wherewithal about Tyson that he can work out a conundrum work out the puzzle himself yeah. whereas you feel with AJ a little bit more robotic he's got to be fed the information is that a fair assessment? I think Naturally, you know, in, with the corner men, that's their job. Their job is to constantly remind you. So they're always going to, I mean, my coach himself, he's always saying things, you know, he's always going to keep saying things to drum it in your head. Of course. But um, I, I think for me, uh, uh, it is vital where Tyson Fury is very good at adapting. He's got yes. many, he's got many um, arsons to his game. Whereas Joshua, his power brought him so far. 
So I think that's what he relied on for so long. You know, just literally his power, his, uh, his, 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 the power in his punches and that would just get him as far. And it did get him far for so long, but losing to Andy Ruiz was the best thing that actually generally happened to him because now he's realised, OK, look, I can't knock them all out. Yeah. I'm going to have to go in that ring having, you know, plan A, a plan B, even a C, you know, work on many more aspects of my game. So I believe, yeah, it, it, it's, it's, it's a good assessment in the sense where Fury can adapt better. Does Fury beat AJ? I believe so. Yeah, I'm with you on that as well. I really the, the one that intrigues me now more than any other is AJ Wilder. Yeah. Because that's, that's the intriguing. one where I'm like, how on earth would that go? That one would be very intriguing. I'd love to see that one. Um, I'd love to probably see that one more than the Tyson Fury one. In fact, uh, right you know, now, I, I'm yeah. kind of with you. Yeah. Because of Wilder coming off a defeat and because I just think there is something there that A, does AJ have the chin? Still question marks over yeah. that. And B... I'm intrigued to see, with a defeat now on the resume, how Deontay mentally processes yeah. that one. In a lot of ways, it would be like, tell you what, Tyson, you stick your feet up. Four months' time, we'll have a wilder AJ dust-up. And then the start of 2021, the winner of that then. Well, fine. I mean, the thing is, I, I know AJ is not as um, elusive as Tyson Fury. You know, we've seen his movement, uh, how, yeah. he can, how he can move. Uh, you know, for a light heavyweight, he, he moves sometimes at times like a light heavyweight. You know, the way, it, like a middleweight, he can, he's very elusive. He makes them miss by inches. Um, but, you know, AJ is there to be hit as well. But the same is Wilder. So I just think with that one, it'd just be very intriguing to it's watch that be one. An absolute up. Want to get back to Deontay Wilder, Tyson Fury, because we spoke about Fury. You've spoken eloquently about what makes him so unique. Deontay Wilder, though, let's get to the bottom of this one. He was given a schooling, and yet he's said that he only lost because his costume walking to the ring was too heavy. What on earth is going on with that one? It's, for me, it's a bit of a pathetic excuse. I it mean, is um, pathetic. I'm glad someone know, said it. Nobody generally forced him to wear that. Um, you know, he would have had that costume probably. Uh, he wouldn't have got given it on the day. Yeah. He would have known his size. He would have tried it on. You know, you know in yourself. He's, he's an old man, isn't he? You know, he knows if it feels heavy from them. So I, I don't understand that. Just, just give the, it needs to give Tyson Fury's credit to say, look, you know, I've lost to the better man on this occasion. I'm going to be back. I'm going to uh, exercise my right to, you know, come back and fight for a rematch and do it that way. Michelle, nonsense, right? Actually, to be fair, you've never worn six-inch heels in a dress <laughs> and tried it on the night before and still the next year like, ah, oh, my legs. <laughs> I couldn't walk. <laughs> what, what? Shaq, you must have something similar planned maybe for your ring entrance in right four weeks' time. Yeah. What are you thinking? Uh, well, we were thinking probably to wear a dark fader outfit. Oh, brilliant. <laughs> I love that. Just make it light. And it very light then. And very it's just light. A, it's just a mass in the cape, isn't it? Yeah, you know, what was wrong with the old school? Just get on just get the job your there, robe, yeah. walk down, get there as quick as you can, and get on with the job at hand. You know what it is? Um, because we're the fight at that magnitude as well, um, I think it's the entertainment side as well, which yeah. also it's WWE. Yes. It is, yeah. So, like, I think they know so many millions of viewers are watching. Everybody wants to look cool while millions and millions of people are watching. And then, it, you know, it doesn't work to his time because the outfit's too heavy. But he would have known that before he you know, even walked down the ring. Yeah, if you he missed that. What he should have done for the next fight now, you need to take a leaf out of Tyson Fury's book and get carried to the and ring. And get carried. Yeah, I mean, you're resting your legs then. Don't waste any energy. Legs. Exactly, exactly yeah. that. You're not wrong. Listen, from... A nonsense. I mean, yeah, anyone who missed that, 40 pounds his big suit was wearing, it was weighed, and Deontay Wilder just claimed that he was knackered by the time he got to the boxing ring. On a more serious note, and I want to get your thoughts on this, because, uh, well, there was a lot of controversy at the end of this fight. It was a seventh round stoppage. It was Deontay Wilder in the corner. He was taking rights and lefts from Tyson Fury, who had just boxed beautifully up until that point. 
and there was a moment, what were, what were we in, maybe midway through that seventh round, where Deontay Wilder's cornerman, former world champion in his own right as well, Mark Breland, he threw the towel in. Yeah. Deontay Wilder, of course, throwing the towel in means that the referee is got to, by the rules, end the fight. That is it, done. The Correct. cornermen have said, we're throwing the towel in, we want to protect our man. Fight over. Deontay, not happy. He said so afterwards. He wanted to, and again I'm quoting here, die on his shield. Or at least be beaten on his shield, is what he said. Now there is some suggestion that he's going to part ways with Mark now. He is so irate that his cornerman threw the towel in that he said, hey, we spoke about it, no cornerman of mine throws the towel in. I want to be beaten on my shield. Where do we sit on this? Because it's important to point out that the world of boxing, we have said goodbye to four fighters. When I say goodbye, four fighters have died Correct, yeah. in the ring since July last year. Shakan, you know the perils of what you do for a living. Correct. Where do we sit on this? It's a bad precedent to set, is it not, that a world champion is sacking his cornerman because he's throwing the towel in. I mean, it's a very sticky situation. I mean, sometimes as boxers ourselves, we're too tough for ourselves as well. But that's where you've got to also respect your cornerman's decision. Now, I had him losing every round, to be honest. Yeah. Um, he was in a position where he was taking a lot of punishment. And as you said, you know, we're in a sport where people lose their lives. You know, we say goodbye to a lot of people. Um, you know, that's just the rea sad reality of it. You know, you get you taking blows and things. It's, you know, it's bad. But um, I wouldn't go against what his trainer done. You know, because it's it's a lot for him to rest on. If something really there was bad, blood coming there from was, his ear. Correct, yeah. There was blood coming from his ear. I believe that was due to him having that earring, what stretches his ear. Yeah. Out. I don't, I don't know why I do that, but that's up to him. Um, but literally, it's. Uh, I don't disagree with what his corner man done. I wouldn't disagree because he's looking out for his boxer's safety. And I, I, exactly. And, but others will question that. Well, beyond Deontay Wilder can always end the fight at any second with the right hand, but. Hmm. how many right hands did he land at yeah. that time? I'm not saying that he couldn't have got the knockdown or he couldn't have knocked him out. It's possible, but when you, you're in a situation where you've got a... It's not... This ain't a movie, you know. This is reality. He's, he's got a kid. He's got, you know, he's got a daughter himself. He's got a family. So his coach is looking out for himself and his family. Now, it's a bit bad that he can't understand that, you know. Now, there is a school of thought out there, and we've got a lot of messaging on this midweek that, in actual fact, hold on a second, Deontay might just want to part ways with him because... He didn't necessarily do a good job preparing him for the fight. You've said it there. He lost all seven rounds. You, you, you can part ways with a coach if you think, that was the wrong tactics. You haven't prepared me right. You don't sack a coach for looking after your well-being. And that's essentially what Mark Breland's done. He has seen the blood coming from the ear. I think it was a burst eardrum. I yeah. think may have yeah. caused that. And he had a bad swelling on the side. Bad swelling. Well. He's seen that and he said, you know what? My guy has lost all seven rounds. I'm getting the towel, I'm pulling him out of there, and we'll fight another day. Yeah, I don't ag disagree with um, his... And, and to be honest, like I said, man, he, his coach has is, been a champion in, in the sport himself, and he should understand and respect his decision, definitely. Absolutely. No doubt in my mind at that one. No doubt in my mind whatsoever. Keep your thoughts coming in on this particular subject. Shakan, I'm, co I'm conscious of time. I want to get you off in the next five minutes. What's the big thing, then? You're, you're going to win in a month's time. 
Hundred percent. Of course you are. I, I always it always amazes me when I interview boxers because not one of you say no. You know it's going to be a tough night. It is. You, there's no room for that, is there? No doubt you've got to earn it. Like I'm not going to go in the fight. I don't go in no fight thinking that it's a walk in the park. You know, I always got to earn it. I've got to put in the graph. I've got to make a lot of sacrifices, and it's something I'm willing to do. With four weeks ahead of myself, I know I'm only going to get fine and tuned as well and I've been I've done these camps you know so it's nothing new um, but I'm also confident in my game and I don't just say it, I'm really confident in my game so I know <laughs> what I can bring can I ask a question I'm being nosy here do you ever have little spies little birdies out there telling you how the other fella's doing in his camp do you ever take heed or notice of what your opponent is doing I really don't honestly I don't I don't I mean even to a point where me and Craig Richards, for example, I refer back to him because me and him are friends, for example, on Instagram. <laughs> and it's, it's, it sounds ridiculous, but I know he's probably, when he puts a story up and I see, a, you know, he's, the red circle around his name, he's probably putting up something training related like we do all do. Do you click on it? I don't. I'll give him his privacy, to be fair. I don't, I don't click on anyone's gram to see what they're doing. If I'm tagged in something and I see it, then fair dues. But I'm not, I don't focus on what they're going to bring or what they can do. You know, I focus on what I can strengthen in my game and what I'm going to do. I'm, it's hard fighting someone who's six foot six with a long reach, yeah. you know. So I know what I can do uh, uh, as well as not just fighting that reach, also win side. So I'm always too busy preparing myself. Whatever my coach is, that's their job, you know, to come with a, whatever plan they feel is going to be more beneficial on the night. And I'll adapt when I'm in there and that execute it. Shark, bless you, my man. Uh, I Thank could you. listen to you all night. You talk a blooming good game is what you do. You're a very bright young man as well. And you're obviously... Thank devastating you. in the box ring as well 13 yeah. from 13 it's going to be 14 from 14 at the end of next month yeah. Michelle last word from you as well real boxing only I commend you and I salute you for the work that you're doing from a grassroots level and bringing young fine talents like Chakan into the country for anyone out there young kids because Shaq's already touched on it you've got young kids you're starting them off young at real boxing only aren't you we do we have world champs in there I cannot believe it they box better than I do <laughs> I just, I've just given up now, you know. I've got a six-year-old running circles around me. <laughs> I love that. But anyone that's listening to this, you do take classes. The, the, the gym is open for business. You can come down and, well, Shaq probably won't thank you for coming up so you can get a selfie. You can rub shoulders with these guys, right? And, yeah, they can stand there. He was sparring today. The kids were watching, you know. His sweat's flying all over them. They're loving it. And they do come up and ask for pictures. And the the thing I place. like about Shaq, all the ones that come in, they're all great athletes and they're all great they're all great men yeah, they're all is, great attitudes it is fantastic what you're doing it really is best place to find out for anyone out there whether it be parents whether it be young men young women who just want to try their hand at boxing what's the best way to reach out to you Michelle uh, on our website realboxingonly.com it's as easy as that and you're doing some great stuff on social as well Real Boxing Only listen guys I promised you half an hour you've given me 48 minutes this evening so thank you so much Shaq I mean it thank you good luck I've got thank a feeling that we'll be catching up and you'll be 14 from 14 100% and we'll be talking about different aspirations for you moving forward but best Definitely. of luck thank in Coventry much. next month we'll be tuning in for it Michelle thank once you. again thank you You've been listening to a Dubai Eye 103.8 podcast. To enjoy lots more from Dubai Eye in the United Arab Emirates, just go to DubaiEye1038.com or find them wherever you normally get your podcasts.